T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I am so excited to start start the show. We have some great guests tonight, and we are starting out um, with Dr. Julie Livingston, a co-author of Cars and Jails, Freedom, Dreams, Debt, and Carcerality. Let me tell you a little bit about her. For nearly 100 years, the automobile has been the main form of transportation in the U.S. But for all of the independence we experience behind the wheel, is there a more sinister side to the cars we've come to treasure so much? Great question. Well, the New York University professors and cultural analysis, Dr. Andrew Ross and Dr. Julie Livingston, explore the potential downside of their new book, Cars and Jails, Freedom, Dreams, Debt, and Carcerality. Dr. Livingston joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline to go deeper into the research. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Julie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be with you. My goodness, I never thought to think about it this way. Cars and jails, freedom, dreams, debt, and carcerality. How did this come to be? Well, uh, both Dr. Ross and I uh, work in um, the research lab of the New York University Prison Education Program, and we're a group of formerly incarcerated student researchers and faculty who look at the relationship between the carceral system and financial debt. And in our research, we started to see the car appearing more and more, both as a site of contact between people and the police and as an overwhelming site of financial obligation. So we started to look at it in more detail. You know, what surprised me immediately was um, for as long as Americans have been driving, cars have been synonymous with liberty, the open road, their, their ribbon, that, that ribbon of highway, and have been sold to us as freedom machines that both reflect and advance the national ethos. I was very surprised to read that, and then I had to come to terms with it. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> Tell us more. Absolutely. You're so right. The car is a paradox. We love our cars as Americans, and they are a site of freedom, a way that we can move um, at our own rhythm, at our own pace. But particularly for black and brown Americans, Mm -hmm. they have um, historically not only desired those forms of freedom and had them sold to them, but had them highly curtailed, uh, whether through... um, sundown towns and highway patrols and all of the reasons that we know that it was perilous to be a a black motorist in the U.S. South before civil rights, um, to all of the ways that uh, particularly black and brown and also 
working poor white Americans um, are subject to really heightened forms of policing when they get on the road. Yeah, and you state that cars have been powerful engines of inequality. For how long? How long has this been going on? I never would have thought of it that way. Well, I think it's been going on from the get-go, but it's really accelerated over the past several decades as um, we've really built a car-dependent landscape in this country, and yet American households spend, on average, a fifth of their budget on transportation. Mm -hmm. So transportation is a public good, but you need a private car in order to access the roadway. Um, U.S. uh, households are highly burdened by traffic debt. Uh, I mean, by uh, auto loan debt. Right now it stands at $1.52 trillion. That's Mm -hmm. the third largest personal debt burden in the country after home mortgages and student loans. Um, But unlike owning your own home or investing in an education, the car loses value the second you drive it off the lot. And again, it's compulsory. It's not optional. Yet Um, there are people, excuse me for interrupting you, yet there are people who would rather drive that car as expensive as it is, might not even be able to make the payment the next month. They'd rather drive it for a small amount of time. If it can't be a long amount of time, at least they've driven it. They can actually say, I'm in this car, I've been paying for this car, and then all of a sudden things fall apart. Do you agree? I think that that absolutely does happen. But for many, many of the people we talked to, and we did dozens of interviews for this book, driving is really not optional. People may get upsold a nicer car than the one they went to the dealership to look for, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily um, have a choice as to whether to invest their income in driving. In most parts of the country, uh, particularly in rural America and in, mm-hmm. even in most of the urban core, it, there's simply we do not have robust public transportation systems that allow people to get to work, to get to church, to get to the grocery store, to parent their children without access to a private vehicle. And that private vehicle is very costly. Isn't that the truth? Oh, my goodness, it gets worse all the time. The thing I've tried to do uh, in my life, I was really encouraged by my parents, especially my mom. She, you know, would say, don't get in debt when it comes to a car. Don't try to buy something too fancy. Just get something that works really well and keep going. You know, she, she in fact, her, she would always say to her children, you know, um, um, let me make sure I get this right. Um, um, if you are high-class walking, Instead of low-class driving, that's the wrong way to do it, right? (laughs) Or is that the right way to do it? But she would say that all the time, Geraldine, low-class driving is better than high-class walking. So I've always thought of it that way. And I'm just curious to know if other people, I've asked other people, in fact, you know, is that the truth? Is that how we should look at this? Because we have been... Um, sent uh, this this gigantic list of why we should spend all this money on cars. I'm the one who want to pay my car off early every time, and I usually do. And I just had to buy a car not long ago. God, look, look, pray for me, okay? That's all I want to <laughs> say, Julie. Pray for me. Tell us more about uh, the research that you're doing. 
Well, you know, I think that many of the people we talked to, not all of them, but many of them shared that philosophy that your mother had. But um, because our research looks both at debt and at the U.S. system of policing jails and prisons, we talked to a lot of people who were coming out of a stint in jail or prison. And while they were incarcerated, they were economically inactive. Because of that, regardless of their credit history before they went in, their credit score took a dive. On the way out, now with a credit score in the basement, they are only available, or, or the only option for them is a subprime loan. And a subprime loan, you really do not get to negotiate the terms. So we talked to quite a few people who were interested in getting like a bottom of the line used Honda. But at every dealer, at the dealership they would go to, they would be offered only a loan on a BMW or a Mercedes E-Class. Because the dealership was not regulated. And so the dealership saw these people basically as red meat. They had saved up for a deposit. They would put two or $3,000 down in the car. They'd make a couple months of payment. And then the car would be repossessed. And the dealership can turn around, keep the money that they've taken from them, and resell it to the next subprime borrower. Mm. It's painful to just hear you say that, knowing that you know, they're constantly being, they're never being sold the truth. That That's the painful part of it. So where do we go from here? You found out all of this information. You know how difficult it is for those that go into prison, those that are coming out of prison. The, pr- the problem is still there, and it's painful, especially for those of us who didn't know. I didn't know this was happening. So I'm very grateful that you um, and Ross have given us this information now. Now what do we do with it? We have a couple of recommendations. First of all, we strongly believe that the um, used car businesses, the auto dealerships and auto uh, loan businesses need to be better regulated. There need to be caps on interest rates and there can't be workarounds, which there currently are. There's too many loopholes in the system by which people um, can really be preyed upon, working poor people in particular. Second of all, you know, um, every day some 50,000 motorists in this country are pulled over by police. Studies show a clear pattern disproportionately targeting drivers of color. They can be pulled over for any one of hundreds of traffic code violations that have little to do with public safety. And yet traffic stops account for approximately 10% of all deaths at the hands of police. Last year, an investigation by the New York Times found that over the past five years, on average, more than once each week, an unarmed driver or passenger who was not the subject of pursuit for a violent crime was killed by police. Most recently, we see this tragically with Tyree Nichols. We need to get armed police out of the traffic business. There How do we no do that? Reason. What is well, we ha- we, they are not in toll booth enforcement. They don't give parking tickets. We have cameras on our roadways that issue uh, tickets when you pass through a toll now. They can also be speed cameras. There are many other ways um, that we can keep our roadways safe without introducing this practice that for some drivers winds up 
being extremely, extremely unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we believe that uh, armed police need to be removed from traffic enforcement. And I imagine that many police would be more than happy to be doing other things than pulling people over for failure to signal or low tire pressure or whatever else. And third, we need public transportation in this country. It's not that we're ever going to get rid of private cars entirely, nor should we. But we need reasonable alternatives so that people aren't compelled. People who cannot afford to drive are not compelled to purchase a car. You know, I think if people really study or read the... um how we got cars in the first place, you know, it used to be electric cable cars and, you know, Mm -hmm. many, many people could get on that. And then all of a sudden, I think it was Ford who decided, no, 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 we're going to put, you know, these vehicles on the streets. Many people couldn't afford them. I remember so many different movies, books, stories that told us about people of color, you know, wanting to buy that really beautiful car so that they can see that I'm doing well. I'm, you know, it was a statement of you're moving up and forward. And today it doesn't seem to be the same thing. Do you see it as the same way even today? I do think that cars still carry a certain amount of status um, in them. And I think that's something that people whose status is publicly denigrated really want and need. And I include in that people who are coming home from having been incarcerated. So mm-hmm. I think that those, um, those elements of status are still meaningful. But that said, uh, I think that we've also at the same time, denigrated public transportation as a lesser way to travel. And so, I mean, what if we had a system of bullet trains in this country like they have in Japan that were all beautiful inside? So you didn't have to go through the humiliations of getting on a plane that you'd paid the economy, you know, ticket for, et cetera. What if we had beautiful, gleaming, clean electric buses or cable cars or all the rest of them? Um, I mean, I think there are other ways that we could generate status and that would enable us to be with one another um, as we transport ourselves across our communities. My goodness, um, this is definitely a book that people can purchase, correct? Absolutely. All right. Tell us where we can get it. Uh, You can get it on bookshop.org. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it directly from the publisher, which is or O-R books four books and it's in, My goodness. Uh, you know in bookstores in your community hopefully dr julie livingston i am so happy that you joined us tonight co-author of cars and jails freedom dreams debt and carcerality um, really incredible i will be getting that tonight before i go to bed thank you so much for joining us oh thank you so much for having me and thank you for your interest in these issues i really appreciate it oh you're welcome take care of yourself and stay warm you too. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, bye bye. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.